welcome to the EFL Review with me, Adam Davis, here on Three Valleys Radio. On the weekend, where we saw the first Yeovil win in what feels like forever in a 2-1 win over St Albans in the National League South, there were plenty of games going on around the country, most notably, of course, in the EFL. Plenty of goals, plenty of matches for us to get through over the next hour with the same level of insight, analysis and interviews that you come to expect every single week. So, without further ado, let's jump straight into the Championship and we'll start with the lunchtime game, which finished Coventry City 3, Middlesbrough 0. Coventry began life without Gustavo Hamer with a convincing win at against out-of-sorts Middlesbrough. Of course, the Sky Blues talisman joined Sheffield United on the eve of this game, but his former side registered their first win of the campaign, courtesy of instinctive goals in either half from Matty Godden and the club record signing Hadji Wright. Dara Lenahan's stoppage time own goal capped a miserable afternoon for Michael Carrick's side, who were winless in their last seven championship games, four of those coming against Coventry, who of course beat them in last season's playoff semi-final. It's the first time Middlesbrough have lost their opening two league games since 2007. Birmingham City 1, Leeds United 0. Birmingham City substitute Lukas Jutskiewicz showed all the coolness of a global superstar as he scored an injury time penalty with his first touch to beat Leeds United. Watched on by uh, the Blues' new co-owners Shelby Limited, including American football legend Tom Brady, it looked like fellow USA-owned Leeds United would hold on for a grim, goalless draw. But the Blues won a penalty bang on 90 minutes when Dan James was adjudged to have fouled Ethan Laird, and veteran striker Jutskovic, who had come on just two minutes earlier, converted the resulting spot kick. Leeds keeper Ilian Melier got a foot on Jutskovic's thumping penalty, but he could not stop it finding the back of the net to send the majority of the 20,000 reduced crowd into raptures. It has already been a poignant day at St Andrews, as the majority of Blues fans met publicly for the first time, of course, since the death of football legend Trevor Francis. Jasper Carrot, Francis's great long-time friend, gave a wonderful tribute to the former Birmingham City teenage star, who became England's first £1 million player. But the arrival of Blues' new American owners, headed by Tom Wagner, but with seven-time Super Bowl winner Brady topping the bill, had stolen the show beforehand. Brady even met some of the locals in the iconic Royal George pub just outside the Blues ground before the game. Following such a pre-match build-up, the game itself, unsurprisingly, proved a massive letdown before the break, as neither side managed a single effort on target between them. Relegated Leeds, missing want-away striker Wilfred Nonto and fellow forward Lunis Sinistera created extremely little. Keshi Anderson came as close as anyone to breaking the deadlock when he had a shot deflected wide after good work down the left by Sir Ricky Dembele. But on a surreal day in Small Heath, there'd been a dramatic ending and Jutskovic stepped up to take the acclaim and maintain Birmingham's unbeaten start to the season. It was also an ironic way to end a week which began for Leeds last Sunday when they scored an injury time themselves to complete a comeback from 2-0 down to draw with Cardiff. With that in mind, let's have our first interview of the night and we'll make sure it's an EFL regular. And that's in the form of Birmingham City manager, John Eustace. Gaffer, a first three points of the campaign and a deserve one at that. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, we, we dedicate that, that win to Trevor Francis and his family. You know, I thought the performance really marked a special day. I thought we were outstanding with him without the ball and, you know, really pleased to, to get three points. Yeah, it was a, a late spot, spot kick that settled it through the reliable Lukas Jukovic. But Ethan Laird on the front foot to win it. I think the whole team were on the front foot, you know, at real important times. You know, we've, coming into the last five or six minutes, lovely bit of passage of play and, and to switch the play like we've been working on all, all through pre-season. You know, it's a great, uh, Ethan's a great player in them situations and I think it was a deserved penalty. Obviously, Dukey, you know, club legend, you know, it marked a, a real special day with him stepping up and putting the ball away. So, you know, really pleased. You got into some really good positions in that first half. Was it just that little bit of care that needed to be taken with the final pass? It was. I thought well, our shape without the ball was outstanding today. The level of discipline the boys showed against an excellent team leads to a serious team at this level. And you know they got some unbelievable players. But the way the way that we um, we, we we were disciplined in our shape and won the ball back in good areas and little bits of football. You know it's just a shame in that final third we just weren't clinical enough or we didn't play the right pass and that's something that we'll just keep growing and building and, and we'll get better at. Yeah, and when you look down the other end, you've restricted them to very few, if any, chances at all. 
Yeah, again, you know, that's that's down to the tactical game plan that we wanted. You know, I, I went to uh, Cardiff to Cardiff game last week. You know, I saw the South, uh, Southampton. I saw the um, the, the game against uh, Northampton in the week as well. So you know, we knew that how how much of a threat they are in that final third, and you know, the level of concentration and discipline from the boys had to show today was was immense. You know, we got two wingers in Denver and Backer helping out at the back. You know. You know, again, just really pleased for them, and um, no, it was, it was good. Yeah, positive changes to try and go and win the game, and it felt like as that game was was growing, we were only going to be the side to go and win it. Yeah, definitely. I think since we've come in, you know, I want to be on. I want to win. I win games. I want to be uh, attacking all the time. I want to get bums off the seat. And you know, yes, tactically we, we were good today, but to put on them players at the end as well to go and win the game was was really encouraging. I thought all subs that came on today were outstanding. Um, you know, it's about the squad. As I said that all the time that you know it's about that squad, that togetherness. Whoever plays, know their jobs. Whoever comes off the pitch, onto the pitch, know their jobs and do their jobs. And it's about that 22, 23 players in that dressing room again. You know, putting a shift for this fantastic football club. Some atmosphere here this afternoon. Nearly 21,000, the biggest attendance here in over three years. How big a part did they play? They're amazing, you know, they're amazing, they've been amazing ever since I've been at the football club. You know, the football club's really heading in the right direction now, you know, we've got an owner who wants to make this football club world brand, you know, and you can see by the, the backing that he's got and the, and the people he's bringing in and, and all the fantastic work that he's doing around um, the training ground and the stadium, you know, he, he really wants to take this club to another level, you know, and I think everyone in, uh, who's a part of this football club at the moment are, are very proud of that and, um, you know, it's... It's going to be a, some, one hell of a journey. Yeah. Tom Wagner in attendance, but Tom Brady as well. I know he spoke to the players pre-game. What was that like as an experience? He did, yeah. No, Tom came down and um, he spoke to the boys. And you know, obviously, uh, he's a sporting icon, one of the most famous people in the world. And you know, just to have some uh, chats, uh, some words from him to the boys was was brilliant. And um, you know, that's it's good. Well done today, Gaffer. Thank you. Cardiff City 1, Queen's Park Rangers 2. QPR recorded their first win of the championship season at a lethargic Cardiff City. Sinclair Armstrong's close-range finish put the R's in front in the first half. Aaron Ramsey hit the bar as Cardiff pushed for an equaliser, but they were picked off on the break as Armstrong teed up Kenneth Powell to score. E.K. Ugbo tapped in to give the hosts hope, while Mark McGuinness hit the bar in the 89th minute, but those efforts were too little, too late for Cardiff. Huddersfield Town nil, Leicester City won. Leicester continued their 100% start to the season with a narrow victory at winless Huddersfield. Homekeeper Lee Nichols saved Dennis Pratt's shot in a rare moment of attacking intent in a drab first half. The Foxes took the lead in the 73rd minute when Steffi Mavide made a yard of space for himself with clever footwork and then thumped a shot that flew past Nichols at the near post. Huddersfield pushed forward in search of a leveller and felt they should have had a penalty when Pat Jones went down under a challenge from Hamza Chowdhury in the area, but the referee was unmoved. Hull City 4, Sheffield Wednesday 2. Ozan Tufan scored a hat-trick to help Hull City secure a first victory of the season against Sheffield Wednesday. The away side took the lead when Yuan Delgado converted Dominic Iorfa's low cross via a deflection from a Tigers defender, but Hull equalised in first half stoppage time through Tufan's penalty after Lee Gregory took Jacob Greaves out in the penalty area. Tufan gave the hosts the lead with a fantastic strike from range and they completed his treble with a cool finish inside the area. Sub Aaron Connolly tapped in an empty net to wrap up the win after cutting out Michael Ihikwe's pass in his own area, before Michael Smith scored an injury-time consolation for the Owls. Ipswich Town 2, Stoke City 0. Promoted Ipswich scored a goal in each half as they made it two championship wins from two by beating Stoke City at Portman Road. Both sides had followed up opening day victories by winning in the Carabao Cup in midweek. But Ipswich duly made it three wins in eight days with goals from defender Luke Wolfenden and substitute Caden Jackson. In their first home league game since winning promotion back to the second tier, Ipswich improved too good for former Norwich City boss Alex Neal's Potters. Ipswich were good value for their lead, having gone close before they scored through Burns, who had an early fierce shot tipped over by keeper Mark Travers before Chaplin's snapshot flew past the left post. Ender Stevens then fouled Burns to give away a free kick on 23 minutes, and Sam Morsey crossed for Wolfenden to head into the bottom left corner on 23 minutes. 
Stoke boss Neil made his first substitute in the 34th, replacing Wolves loaning Chiquinho with Brazilian forward Wesley. And the visitors then had their first attempt on goal shortly after, when Josh Laurent fired wide from range before Ipswich keeper Vakla Fladke raced off his line to clear, then kept the ball out with his trailing arm after Stevens had cut the ball back for Daniel Johnson. Stoke pressed for an equaliser with a shot by Ben Wilmot, but after Burns' low shot was gathered at the second attempt and George Hurst's angled effort was beaten away, Ipswich killed the game off with their second. On 82 minutes, he latched onto Chaplin's low cross, following incisive work from the Welsh international, and Ipswich now travel to QPR next Saturday, when Stoke host Watford. Millwall nil, Bristol City won. Bristol City snatched a last gasp winner for an emotional day at the Den, where the hosts paid tribute to their late chairman, John Berylson. Millwall's players warmed up wearing t-shirts bearing a picture of Berylson, who of course in July are both clubs laid commemorative wreaths, and his family, including new chairman James, appeared on the pitch. A sellout crowd watched a video montage featuring clips of the 70-year-old, as well as tributes from Lions manager Gary Rowett and former boss Neil Harris before kick-off. After a fairly quiet first half hour, the Robins, in their first outing since the departure of highly rated teenager Alex Scott to Bournemouth for a reported £25 million, had looked most likely to break the deadlock, but it was not until four minutes into added time that former glover Harry Cornick's long throw broke to skipper Matty James to lash home the only goal. Millwall were unchanged from their opening day success at Middlesbrough, while Mark Sykes was the only new face in the Robins side from their one-all draw at Preston. After an understandably low-key opening 20 minutes, Millwall's Duncan Watmore saw a low shot blocked on the edge of the box by Zach Viner, while Dan McNamara lashed a volley well over Max O'Leary's crossbar after a long throw from Zion Fleming on the half-hour. At the other end, Joe Williams had an effort charged down and Naki Wells's shot deflected wide after a corner from James, while Sam Bell then had appeals for a penalty for a challenge by McNamara waved away. The visitors continued to press after the break and Cameron Pring also slid in a far post cross from Jason Knight before George Tanner nodded a corner back into the area only for Bell's header to slip past Matthias Sarkic's pitch, post. Sorry, Bristol City sub Anis McMetty cut inside and curled inches past the upright soon after while fellow substitute Cornet had an effort blocked. O'Leary kept out a free kick from Millwall replacement George Savile as the Lions almost snatched the win in the 90th minute, with Cornick blocking McNamara's follow-up. And it was Cornick again who set up the winner four minutes later, as his long throw eventually dropped for skipper James to lash home a flying volley. Let's have our next interview now, again with another EFL review regular, in the form of Bristol City manager Nigel Pearson. Nigel, added time winner is always sweet. Is mm. that what the team deserved today? Yeah, we were the better side and I think we uh, were fitter, showed more endeavour and more creativity as well. I mean, it's, it's never an easy place to come to. And I think with the circumstances of the occasion today, it was going to be quite emotional for Millwall as a club. Um, but we had to put that aside uh, once the game started because it was important for us to to try and register our first league win of the season and um, I'm really delighted that the team was able to play uh, with the cohesion that we did throughout what was a tough uh, physical end-to-end championship game and, uh, and I think you know that our better depth of squad um, shone through today as well just because um, you know all the lads who went on contributed in a very positive way so yeah a, a good all all round um, outcome for us. You had to withstand a bit of early pressure but then you really got a foothold mm. in the game and, and, and really dominated. Yeah but they didn't really create too much in all honesty we were uh, we defend with a lot of commitment now and when blocks are needed you know the, the players are prepared to put the bodies on the line um, they had a, a, an opportunity late on with the free kick, um, which I suppose you always got your um, heart in your mouth, so to speak, because um, you, know, you certainly don't want to concede so late, but for us to score from a set play again, with a long throw, um, you know, it's two in, two in a week, if you like, so yeah, good. Just a word on Matty James, yeah. struck that very sweetly, didn't he? Yeah, he doesn't know where that came from, I don't think, but Matty's always been a fabulous technician. 
but not necessarily uh, a goal scoring one. And um, but that was a, a really uh, sweet finish. And although for them it, it, it's a difficult one to take, we've had it ourselves before. Um, but I think we're much better uh, set up now to to finish games strongly. So yeah, credit to the players; they were they were excellent. You made a triple sub, 64 yep. and 72, and then brought Ephraim yep. on on at the end. Yep. That's depth of squad. Is that what you're referring to? In well, I think we've got players who they understand what they need to do when they go on, and so Ephraim's really young, but he's got he he understands what's required, and what we really needed to do was continue with the physical um, output that we had, and uh, Sam Bell was. Yeah, like he always does, he's a real nightmare to play against. I thought um, Harry Cornick, when he went on, caused him lots of problems. Um, and, and Anis continued his um, positive uh, form from, from the midweek game. So, you know, it's just about trying to get players to go on there and, and not overthink uh, the situation. It's, it's about going on and being able to contribute to the team because at the end of the day, we want to be successful as a team and players have to deal with disappointment when they're either they're not selected or they come off early in a game, but it, it, they have to deal with that because it's more important that the collective outcome is, is the most important one. It was quite a, a big day for Millwall. Yeah. And our fans contributed to that respectfully, yeah, yeah. but also got behind our team as well. Oh, very much so. I, um, we were delighted that Millwall had um, agreed to allow uh, both tiers to be open for, for our fans, and uh, we are always uh, followed with with real enthusiasm. And it was great for us as staff to see the connection again that the players and the fans had at the end. It was yeah, it's good, and and, and we're going to need that throughout the season because it's a, as you know, it's a very long season. And uh, you have to deal with some setbacks, but uh, today's a good day for us. Preston North End 2, Sunderland 1. Preston held on to secure a hard-fought 2-1 win over Sunderland at Deepdale. Will Keane scored for the second game running to put the hosts ahead, but Jack Clark hauled the visitors level from the penalty spot before the break. Dane Matsyokia secured the points on the hour when he netted his first goal in English football on his home debut. North End are unbeaten in their opening two league games, while Tony Mowbray's Black Cats have lost their first three matches of the season in all competitions. Rotherham United 2, Blackburn Rovers 2. Sammy Schmodix missed a penalty before scoring two goals as Blackburn Rovers fought back to salvage a draw in a riveting, uh, in, in a riveting draw against 10-man Rotherham United. With Rotherham leading through Hakim Odafin's first half strike, Fred Onyedimma scored with a diving header to double their lead and then was sent off in a bizarre three-minute spell after the break. Rovers continue to dominate possession and their pressure finally told, with Schmodix the hero after his first half penalty miss. The midfield had made it 2-1 with a deflected strike following Adam Wharton's cute pass and then coolly converted a one-on-one -on -one chance by rounding Victor Johansson to earn a draw for his side. Sammy Schmodix was the key man throughout, but his afternoon started badly at the New York Stadium when he hit the inside of a post from the spot after Joe Rankin-Costello was fouled by Cameron Humphreys with the score at 0-0. Things got worse for Schmodix when he was at fault for Rotherham's opener, gifting away a possession to allow Odafin to run through and fire in the opening goal from the edge of the box. Onya Dimmer took centre stage after the interval. He scored with a fine diving header from Cafu's pinpoint set piece. No, not that one that used to play for AC Milan. Only to see red for a second yellow card two minutes after the first, meaning the hosts were forced to play the final 50 minutes a man down. The first booking from referee Bobby Madley came for over-celebrating his goal, and his second prompted a furious reaction from Rotherham manager Matt Taylor, who was also cautioned. And the man advantage was telling as Rovers became increasingly threatening, finishing the match with 21 attempts on goal on their way to on their way to a point again thanks to Schmodix. Harry Pickering twice went close as Blackburn pushed for a winner, but they had to settle for remaining unbeaten after two league games, while Rotherham stay winless, having just been trounced 4-1 by Stoke City last time out. 
Watford nil, Plymouth Argyle nil. Watford and newly promoted Plymouth Argyle extended their unbeaten starts to the championship season with an entertaining, albeit goalless, draw at Vicarage Road. The Hornets started the stronger, Vakumbayo Lovelit volleying just wide and Imran Loser hitting the outside of the box from range as the hosts looked to dominate as they did in their opening day win over QPR last weekend. However, Plymouth provided pluckier opponents and also threatened as Watford goalkeeper Daniel Bachman looked nervy on the ball and twice presented openings to Ryan Hardy, but the ball would not quite fall for the Scot. Valerian Ishmael's hosts were denied an opener either side of half-time by brilliant last-ditch defending from Dan Scar, who blocked, who twice blocked uh, and thwarting Ryan Edmonds and Bio as the Pilgrims came away with a deserved point. West Brom and Jalbion 3, Swansea City 2. West Brom claimed a first win of the season as they held on to a 3-2 victory in a remarkable game against Swansea. Semi Ajayi blasted West Brom into the first half lead after Swansea failed to deal with a long throw. Swansea goalkeeper Carl Rushworth turned the ball into his own net while another Albion set piece was not cleared after the break before John Swift's penalty looked to have finished the contest. But having produced an abject performance until the final quarter, Swansea responded when Harry Darling headed home and then Nathan Wood bundled in his first senior goal to set up a grandstand finish. Ben Cabango came close to scoring a dramatic leveller, but West Brom overcame their nerves during nine minutes of stoppage time to secure their first points in 23-24. It was Swansea's first league defeat since mid-March, and the first of Michael Duff's spell as head coach. And the final game in the championship this week. Southampton 4, Norwich City 4. Adam Armstrong scored a 97th minute penalty as Southampton hit back to salvage a draw against Norwich in an astonishing game at St Mary's. A frantic 16 minute spell before the break began when Josh Sargent headed in Jack Stacey's inviting cross but Jan Bednarek smashed Saints level from a close range and Armstrong's first spot kick of the afternoon made it 2-1 to the hosts. The Canaries equalised within two minutes, though, a breathtaking strike from the outstanding Brazilian Gabriel Sara, who then teed up Jonathan Rowe to nod the visitors ahead before the break. Substitute Jay Adams struck as Saints levelled again, only for fellow substitute Christian Fasnacht to capitalise on some sloppy late defending to fire in what looked like being the winner. But Armstrong's dramatic intervention ensured neither side were able to maintain their 100% start to the season in a match that ended with 46 attempts on goal. Let's listen to Norwich City boss David Wagner for his reaction on the game. David, coming down here today, you probably would have thought you'd be coming away with three points if, you to if I told you that you'd have scored four goals. How do you sum up that performance? Top. Uh, top from... Um, from back to the top, uh, this was a top performance to come here uh, to Southampton, play the way we've done uh, with bravery, creating goals, creating problems, scoring goals, uh, having chances for even scoring more against the top side. Um, this was top, so uh, and to be a little bit disappointed after the game. Uh, with only coming away with a draw, only speaks for for the group, for the characters, uh, for the standards, um, for the demanding which they have on themselves. Um, but in general, the performance was a super, super football match uh, from both teams. Uh, both wanted to attack, both wanted uh, to score goals. Um, obviously, yeah, there were some mistakes uh, which will happen. But in general, uh, I think it was a very, very good performance and uh, we take this point away from home. Uh, good performance, uh, we'll recover and then we go again on Tuesday. Speaking to Kenny just now also, he shared the opinion that he felt that the four goals conceded were ones that you could have avoided very easily. Is that something that you also agree with? Yeah, listen, um, obviously... Uh, most of the goals are avoidable for me. The first one, and this is what what really hurts, was a clear push. A clear push with both hands. The referee has to see this. And obviously, uh, we scored another goal, which was clear. Uh, no offside in the uh, second situation. Yes, Ashley was offside when Gabi shot, but the goalkeeper had a clear view, saved the, goal, uh, saved the ball, and then... Uh, 
we crossed the ball and it was a tip in, uh, no offside situation. So this is what um, annoys me more that there are situations obviously where you can defend better if you concede four and uh, they had a few further opportunities. Yes, this is the case, but uh, I will now not after such a game uh, search for uh, the mistakes and for the errors. I'm proud. I'm proud what the players have done today. Uh, they, they deserved a lot of credit uh, to come here to Southampton away and perform and play like they have done and um, this is what I am. Uh, obviously, yeah, uh, there will be tomorrow and the next days um, a lot of uh, things to analyse out of this game, but in general uh, everyone I think uh, can be very proud about what the players have done today. Some of the positives to take from today is two starts, two goals for Jonathan Rowe now. Christian Fasnack got off the mark for the club. Sarge has opened his account for the season. Is that big for their confidence for the coming weeks? Yeah, we can score goals. I think this is uh, not a surprise. Obviously, today we were, uh, we were a threat offensively, uh, even if we were not super clinical, to be fair. Um, but, yeah, uh, great for all the guys to... Uh, on the score sheet um, uh, with assists as well, the other guys. Um, yeah. So defensively, uh, we played against the top side. We have to be more solid. Don't give uh, so many chances away. Don't concede four. Um, offensively, we were an absolutely threat, and I think um, you can see that they have a clear idea of the pattern which they like to play, and they have a lot of belief and 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 trust in themselves and. Uh, I think after the first 15, 20 minutes, uh, we had then as well the bravery on the ball to really try to create and cause some problems. Moving on to Wednesday night, is there any fresh injury concerns or can we expect to see a lot of rotation from you? No, it looks like that everybody is healthy after the game. Uh, this is my first information. Obviously, we have to double check tomorrow morning when we have training. Um, and then we see how everyone recovers. Um, we've seen that we have in both teams, uh, in both games which we now played, we have seen that there are a lot of players pushing from the bench. The bench today uh, gave them positive influence again, like they've done uh, last game at home against Hull. So we will see how we will uh, set up the team on Wednesday, but uh, one thing is for sure, we, we, we like to be successful in every single game. We like to uh, come on a cup run as well and uh, this is our aim, this is our standard this is our demanding and um, how we will do this, um, this is what we will think about um, at the beginning of the next week Thank you. Thank you. So with that in mind and I just appreciate it's still only early let's take a look at the championship table well, there are only two teams that have won both of their opening fixtures in the EFL, subject to how intense the championship truly is those two teams are newly promoted Ipswich Town, who sit top of the table with a goal difference of three, and recently relegated Leicester City. Plenty of teams on four points, but the four that take up the playoffs at the moment sit Watford, Plymouth Argyle, Norwich and Southampton, mainly because all of them have scored loads of goals. Now at the other end, four teams are yet to pick up any points. They are... Sunderland in 21st, Sheffield Wednesday in 22nd, Huddersfield 23rd and sat languishing at the bottom sit Middlesbrough with minus four goal difference. When I first started my business, I was hopeless at paperwork. My system involved bunging everything in a shoebox and sorting it out later, much later. Thank goodness for Chalmers Accountants. They soon put me on the right track. They work with businesses of all sizes, and they really know their stuff. Chalmers will provide you with a one-to-one -one service with your own personal account manager at one of their three local branches. For expert advice on how to make your business more successful, visit chalmersaccountants.co.uk and book your free initial consultation. At AJ Wakeley & Sons Family Funeral Directors, we know the importance of compassion and integrity. We also know how unfamiliar decisions can be so difficult at a time of family bereavement. We can provide a steadying influence just when you need it, guiding and helping you make the right decisions to reflect the kind of funeral that your loved one deserves. Visit our website, www.ajwakely.com, for more information or call Clive Wakely on 01935 479913. So, with that, straight on to League One. And we'll start with Bristol Rovers 1, Barnsley 
1-1. Scott Sinclair came off the bench to salvage a point for Bristol Rovers with a late goal against Barnsley at the Memorial. Nicky Cadden had blasted into the top left corner inside seven minutes after collecting a Max Waters pass to continue the Tykes' early momentum in the league. But veteran winger Sinclair converted low into the far corner after Luke Thomas continued a Rovers counter-attack with a chip over the Barnsley defence with nine minutes of the game left. Burton Albion nil, Derby County 3. Derby recorded their first ever victory at the Pirelli Stadium as they beat Burton Albion 3-0. James Collins, skipper Connor Hurahan and Connor Washington all netted as the Rams got their season up and running after last week's 2-1 home defeat to Wigan. Collins, a former Albion loanee, struck an early blow, heading home in the seventh minute to convert Hurahan's free kick from the right. Burton almost found themselves two behind a couple of minutes later when Nathaniel Mendes-Lang was denied at close quarters by a smart save from Jamal Blackman. Burton went close in the first half through Sam Hughes, who was twice denied by Joe Wildsmith in the derby goal, while the Rams keeper almost gifted Albion an equaliser by firing a clearance straight at striker Josh Gordon, which he rebounded over the bar. Max Bird should have added a second, but inexplicably failed to convert a low cross from Mendes Lang, with the goal at his mercy just before the hour mark. Hurahan's calm finish with 12 minutes remaining gave Derby the comfort of a two-goal advantage before substitute Washington added a third late on. With that, let's listen to Derby County boss Paul Warren. Well, Paul, congratulations. First win of the season on the board. How do you feel after that? Yeah, good. Uh, I thought the lads did okay. We created enough chances to probably win. Obviously, not everything was uh, perfect, but it isn't going to be. A windy day. The weather changed a few times. Um, and I thought we just took a few too many risks in the bat line, really. We didn't win enough second balls. But then once we got a grip of the game, I thought we were good. And then in fairness to the lads, I just said to them after that, like when they got their second goal and they're full of confidence and that, they're literally unplayable. The subs came on, done really well, so I'm really pleased for them. And it felt like a real team effort. So, um, But I'm well aware of the fact that the game could have took a different turn um, first half and we just, uh, we just weren't uh, careful enough. What pleased you most then about the performance? What did you like the most from it? Hmm. I think I liked the most that um, this isn't an easy place to come. I don't think I've ever won here in my career as a player or as a manager or as a coach. So um, it's always difficult. Uh, in fairness to them, you know, they had a day less recovery than us. So I knew they'd be up for it. So I think the most pleasing thing for me was uh, the chances that we created. Like Nat could have scored one when he got clean through then he squared one to birdie it just missed uh, so I thought we created enough chances to win and we didn't really concede that many chances so that's probably my uh, yeah most pleasing thing and a goal from a set play as well early doors that must have pleased you too yeah that did please me uh, in fairness uh, weirdly the goal sort of killed us in a, in a weird way I thought we started really bright uh, on top we scored and that sort of got them to uh, not wake up that sounds really rude but they that it's sort of like they came at us a bit more and we we dealt with a lot of it but in games like this when it's really random if you give away 10 corners 15 throw-ins in the final third sooner or later something might drop uh, today fortunately we defended well enough uh, so he had to score for set piece like Connor's ball in so he gets a, a goal and an assist today so he'll be very pleased with himself but I thought uh, James Collins was brilliant today ran the line really well uh, caused them problems, took his goal very well and yeah, overall I was really pleased with him. Delightful goal from Connor Hurahan as well. Yeah, I mean I keep speaking to Connor, his feet are a joke, like, I don't know if any fans get in here early and watch our shooting and like Connor if you lay it off properly never misses really, his finishing's really good so I, I did fancy him for a goal today and then obviously the pass back is pretty unselfish, I mean the second and third goal were both unselfish goals so um, I'll look forward to watching them back. So yeah, really pleased for Connor to get a goal and then Obviously, for a super wash to get a goal um, is great as well. Great for him. Summer signing, getting off the mark early doors. Yeah, it's good for strikers. I mean, I, you know, I, I've been waxed lyrical about Wash, how hard he works, and he's a threat in behind, and he's a goal scorer as well. But um, you know, he brings more than just goals, as does Connor, as does um, Collo, in fairness. So, uh, but it's always nice to score. Who doesn't want to score? If you're 11 or if you're 40, you want to still score. So, um, yeah, please for him. And a clean sheet as well, nice for the goalkeeper and the defence. Yeah, yeah, uh, clean sheets are always nice. Yeah, Away from home, if you get clean sheets, then you're doing quite a bit right. So, yeah, pleasing. 
and then you've got to bottle up, if I can say it right, bottle up all the positive energy and take it into Tuesday. Now, back at Pride Park, you've got back-to-back games coming in the next week. Yeah, uh, well, I'm just uh, really pleased for today, to be honest. I'm not getting too far ahead of myself. I try and um, be a nicer person when I go home tonight, I think. So that's good. I'd like to thank you know the fans who came and, and stayed with the lads, even though at times we weren't a uh, great first half or not as great as I'd like us to be. But then I thought... Once the pressure was off, we looked really good. The subs had a really good positive impact, which I expected, uh, which was nice to be able to make them changes because it was difficult earlier in the game because you know tactically there weren't a lot wrong and we were sort of on top, but that second goal um, helped no end. So, yeah, so I thank everyone who came to support. I couldn't really work it out because it seemed like our fans were in that side. I just yeah, It was very complicated. So before when we were doing shooting... I was sort of clapping, and then loads of people were clapping me there. I thought, well, they're Burton fans, but obviously they must like Derby as well, so that's nice of them. So, uh, so yeah, good day. You know, uh, ends a, um, a disappointing week because we, you know, haven't picked up any points or a cup run. So it's nice to get a win for the lads, and it'll do the dressing room no end of good going forward. So I'm pleased. Cheltenham Town nil, Bolton Wanderers three. Dion Charles scored twice as Bolton continued their impressive start to the season with a 3-0 win at Cheltenham. All of the goals came during a one-sided first half at the completely Suzuki Stadium. Charles opened the winner. Uh, Charles Opener arrived in the 15th minute after a clever ball from Victor Adeboyejo set him up to slot confidently past Luke Southwood. Southwood dived to catch Randall Williams' header just two minutes later, and Kyle Dempsey curled one just wide as Wanderers continued to dominate. It was 2-0 after half an hour when a free kick from Aaron Morley was whipped towards the near post and Liam Smith deflected it into his own net. Charles added his second and Wanderers' third with a fine curling finish in the 33rd minute, giving Southwood no chance. Exeter City nil, Blackpool nil. Exeter and Blackpool had to settle for a point each in a drab, goalless draw at St James's Park. It was a game where defences were very much on top and chances were sparse, with neither side really doing enough to take all three points. Fleetwood Town nil, Cambridge United two. Cambridge continued their winning start to the league with a 2-0 victory at Fleetwood. Fleetwood started well, dominating possession and putting Cambridge under pressure, but the hosts could not make it count. It was the visitors who opened the scoring just after 30 minutes, with St. Kujana's parried shot into the path of Paul Digby, who tapped in the rebound. Fleetwood almost equalised after the break, but Jack Marriott's shot was well saved by Jack Stevens. Cambridge eventually doubled their lead on the hour mark, with Gasson and Hardme towering over the Fleetwood defence to head home a corner. Leighton Orient nil, Portsmouth 4. Portsmouth served notice on their intent in League One with a 4-0 away win at newly promoted Leighton Orient. First half goals by Marlon Pack and Colby Bishop, an own goal after the break by Orient's Omar Beckles, and a penalty in added time from Cassini Yengi sunk the home side. Pompey ran the show, handling out a harsh lesson to their hosts in the standard of third-tier football. The visitors went in front after 23 minutes when Pack met a corner, the first of the game, and saw his effort roll gently into the net off the inside of a post. Christian Sadie and Colby Bishop both went close before the latter doubled the lead on the 44th minute. Man of the match, Gavin White, sent in a cross from wide on the right. Orient debutant keeper Sam Howes hesitated and allowed the unchallenged Bishop to head into the net. Orient's plight continued and increased, no less, in the 51st minute when White sent in a teasing cross that Orient skipper Beckles turned past Howells. Then, three minutes into added time, substitute Yangi stepped forward to convert a penalty after being fouled by Beckles. Lincoln City 3, Wickham Wanderers 0. Second half goals from Rico Hackett, Fairchild, Teddy Bishop and Daniel Mandrew secured Lincoln a 3-0 victory over Wickham at the LNER. Forward Hackett rifled the hosts ahead with the sweet 68th minute strike before substitute Bishop doubled the lead just five minutes later with a clinical first-time finish. Irishman Danny Mandrew finished the job with a fine strike five minutes from time. Oxford United 1, Carlisle United nil. Mark Harris's first goal for Oxford gave his new club a win over League One new boys Carlisle at the Kassam. Carlisle had started brightly, with Callum Guy firing a right-footed shot just wide in the sixth minute. Oxford were giving the ball away a lot in the early exchanges and struggled to create clear openings against their compact visitors. 
The Ewes eventually tested Carlisle keeper Thomas Holy in stoppage time at the end of the first half with 20-yard effort from midfielder Cameron Brannigan. Oxford improved after the break with Harris racing through on the left but delayed his shot too long and the chance went. Ruben Rodriguez's influence continued to grow and Oxford's pressure told with 14 minutes left when substitute Tyler Goodrum fed Harris on the left and the summer signing from Cardiff slotted past keeper Holy from 16 yards. Goodrum also fired wide from a late chance and Holy saved once again from Brannigan. Peterborough United 1, Charlton Athletic 0. Peterborough continued their winning start to the league season by seeing off Charlton in a clash full of chances and cards. Rival bosses Darren Ferguson and Dean Holden both featured amongst a tally of 12 cautions, but remarkably there was only one goal, with Hector Kiprianu netting would prove to be the winner in first half stoppage time. Kwame Poku picked the pocket of Charlton man Panucci Kamara and found Joel Randall, who then fed a pass into the path of Kiprianu to calmly steer past Charlton keeper Ashley Maynard Brewer. Two-time League One Golden Boot winner Johnson Clark Harris was a whisker away from a second posh goal before Peter Chiozo headed a fine Randall cross onto the roof of the net in the second half. But they were reliant on a fine save from keeper B- Nicholas Bielakapik to kip away, kick away an Alfie May shot with a quarter of an hour to go to preserve their advantage, while the dangerous Corey Blackett-Taylor twice fired wide for Charlton. Clark Harris then struck a post and Maynard Brewer bravely denied substitute Kaponga to Shiamanga in a dramatic finish, but only one goal proved enough for Posh. Port Vale 1, Reading 0. Ben Garrity was the match winner as Port Vale bounced back from a heavy defeat on the opening day to claim a 1-0 win over Reading. Garrity's hugely deflected shot settled the contest in the 72nd minute, earning Vale a morale-boosting victory after losing, of course, 7-0 against Barnsley last weekend. Andy Carroll had the golden chance to put Reading ahead with a 12-minute penalty after Nesta Guinness-Walker had fouled him in the box by Dan Jones, but goalkeeper Connor Ripley denying him. Stevenage 2, Shrewsbury Town 0. Aaron Presley's first goal for Stevenage inspired a 2-0 win over Shrewsbury as League One football returned to the Lamex. The signing from Brentford struck just before the hour mark to open his Borough account before substitute Jamie Reid ensured the result in the 87th minute. The victory made it two wins from two for Steve Evans's men as they commenced their first 30-year campaign since the 2013-14 season. And finally, Wigan Athletic 2, Northampton Town 1. Wigan Athletic move up to minus two points in League One after securing their second league win of the campaign against Northampton at the DW. Northampton started well and even hit the post with a minute gone through William Hondamack, and it was no more than they deserved when former glover Sam Hoskins curled a wonderful free kick over the wall and into the top corner of the Wigan net in the 24th minute. Wigan made an early second half change with Callum McManaman being sent on with 10 minutes uh, within 10 minutes of the restart. The new man had a cross headed just wide by Callum Lang before being chopped down by Mark Leonard at the expense of a booking. Cobbler's boss John Brady was also given a yellow card following the incident, with assistant Colin Calderwood following him into the book shortly afterwards. Wigan's equaliser arrived with 18 minutes to go when Charlie Hughes headed home Tom Pierce's corner, and McManaman secured a deserved win with 11 minutes remaining, and he curled a beautiful shot into the cock corner from 20 yards. There was still time for Latic striker Charlie Wyke to head against the post from all of a yard. So, let's quickly take a look at the League One table. Four teams have won both of their opening matches. They are Bolton Wanderers with an impressive goal set goal difference of six. Cambridge United, who of course finished last season incredibly sketchily, are currently second. Newly promoted Stevenage sit in third, and last season's playoff uh, losing semi-finalist Peterborough United in fourth. Uh, The other two teams filling the playoff spots sit Barnsley and Portsmouth. At the wrong end of the table, we've got six teams who are yet to pick up a single point. Northampton in 18, alongside Reading. At Cheltenham in 20th, Burton, the first team in the bottom four, uh, with a minus five goal difference already. Leighton Orient also with minus five. And 23rd with minus six, sit Wickham. Of course, Wigan are a slight anomaly here, as they are currently two wins from two and should be at the top end of the table. But of course, following their minus eight points starting the season... They are on minus two. 
but with just under 15 minutes to go, let's take a look at League 2. And we will start with AFC Wimbledon 1, Wrexham 1. Former Glover James Tilly scored a late penalty to earn AFC Wimbledon a draw. Jacob Mendy picked out midfielder Elliot Lee who fired the visitors ahead on 22 minutes with the game's first shot on target. Wimbledon keeper Alex Bass then denied Thomas O'Connor and debutant James McLean before Ben Foster saved Ali Alhandi's penalty in the 66th minute. But Tilly later converted after Johan O'Connell brought down Harry Pell to ensure the points were shared. Barrow 2, Sutton United 1. Emil Aqua and Jamie Proctor hit late goals as Barrow came from behind to beat 10-man Sutton. Visiting striker Harry Smith was sent off after only 13 minutes for violent conduct, and although they took the lead through Lee Angle's first half strike, Sutton could not hold on for victory. Aqua's 80th minute level a spark relief among the home fans, and substitute Proctor sent them wild as he broke the U's hearts with the winning goal. Smith's dismissal for a full hardy stamp came after when he felled Tom White in an accidental clash of heels. Referee Martin Woods did not see it, but it was spotted by the fourth official. With an extra man, Barrow started to create chances, and Jed Garner crashed a shot against the crossbar, as well as finding the side netting with another chance moments later. But between those chances comes Lee Angle's strike, capitalising on hesitancy from White and nicking the ball off his toe before honing in on goal. Although Paul Farman's save looked to have rescued White, Angle was alert enough to collect the rebound and fire home his first of the season. Barrow continued to spurn chances in the second half, while Angle and another former Glover, Amari Patrick, had openings to increase Sutton's lead. Then, two quick fire goals from the Bluebirds turned the game on its head. Aqua ran on to another former Glover, Sam Foley's ball, over the top to fire in a fine uh, shot, first goal for the club. Two minutes later, Foley found Proctor in the box and he poked in the winner to devastate a tiring Sutton. Bradford City 2, Colchester United 1. Bradford came from behind to beat Colchester and register their first league win of the year. The U's playing their opening league game after last week's home clash with Swindon was postponed went in front after nine minutes following a defensive nightmare for the home side. Keeper Harry Lewis was caught dawdling on the ball by Joe Taylor and his hurried pass was intercepted by Mauro Bendera in the box. It came loose in the scramble that followed, allowing Taylor to tap home. Last season's top goalscorer Andy Cook had several chances as the Bantams tried to hit back, but he was unable to make any of them count. Owen Goodman superbly saved from Matty Platt's close-range header before Bradford equalised just before half-time. The on-loan Crystal Palace keeper parried substitute Tyler Smith's shot, but Clark O'Dour was on hand to convert the rebound. O'Dour almost had another at the start of the second half as he hit the bar with a half-volley. Bradford would not be denied though and got their second goal after 58 minutes when, former Glover, Alex Patterson burst through and fired beyond Goodman. Lewis then made up for his earlier blunder with a diving save to deny Duke Jr. Tashmadu and ensure the points for Mark Hughes' men. With that in mind, let's listen to Bradford City boss, Mark Hughes. Gaffer, hard-fought victory, one that we deserved in the end, do you think? Oh, yeah, I think so. I, I thought um, I thought we started really brightly and I thought our play was really good, really on the front foot, exactly what we, we talked about. Obviously made a mistake and Aris just got caught uh, with a back pass. Um, totally against the run of play, but um, I think the reaction to, to that setback was what pleased me. I thought we... Just shrugged it off and got on with business and uh, picked up where where we we left off prior to the goal and uh, I think that shows the the character of the group. Uh, I think maybe in the past that might have affected us more adversely and uh, I was really pleased to see that reaction. We just got on with what we had to do to to get back into the game and uh, clearly uh, deserved to obviously get back on level terms and then. Uh, were able to take the game away from them. Um, had any number of shots and chances towards the end of the game, and uh, really pleased with our approach at the moment and our com commitment to what we're doing. We're really on the front foot. I think the crowd's enjoying it. The crowd was great today. Stayed with us and uh, really got behind the lads. And really, you could tell they they were enjoying what they were seeing. So uh, overall, a really really positive day for us. 
you mentioned character to go behind early and not come straight back into the game but have to plug away and end up getting the goal before half time that must be pleasing as well to not have that instant response but still end up turning it on its head. yeah yeah we, we were doing the right things we, we just made a mistake and uh, that can happen uh, it's early in the season it's more likely to happen in this stage of the season than, than once we get into the, the meat of the season so uh, can happen uh, we have to accept that but uh, like I said uh, it was the response I was really pleased with we would go on the front foot again and uh, cause them any number of problems uh, we're getting plenty of shots plenty of chances more than we did last year so that's uh, that's a good sign for us imagine it's always pleasing to see two of your new players on the score sheet you mentioned last year wanting to spread the goals out a little bit more Pato two and two of him now and a good goal for Clark Edward as well yeah yeah important for them um, obviously there'll be a number of fans on the ground today that haven't seen them live and I think they'd be really pleased with what they've seen today I thought both of them were excellent uh, along with the rest of the guys so they'll, they will have seen a, a different way of playing from maybe last year and uh, I'd like to think uh, as the season progresses we'll, we'll get better and stronger and, and more adept at what we're trying to do so uh, uh, good day today clearly better than uh, the occasion last time out uh, on the first day of the season so we bettered that so We've got a big game on Tuesday. We're going to have to prepare quickly and um, hopefully uh, we've got a few bumps and bruises. More, most notably, Jamie, unfortunately. That looks like it could keep him out of Tuesday's game, unfortunately. But uh, we've got good, good players to come in if, if we lose him. You mentioned the fans over 17,000 in here today. Good to be back out here for the first time mm. in competitive action since that playoff semi-final. First yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I just... At the moment, I think the way we're playing and the commitment we're showing, I think it's it's easy to enjoy watching us at the moment. Yeah, there'll be moments where we disappoint, but that will happen. That's the level we're at, but uh, that's the excitement we were able to get over the line today. Um, no, not too many dramas, late moments in games when uh, the opposition will chuck everything at it and throw balls into boxes, hoping something will happen, but not too many dramas today, which is the way I like it. On to Tuesday, you mentioned the word momentum a lot. Three points today, I guess. We're looking to continue that against Stockton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's an important fixture, obviously. Uh, the likelihood is that Stockport, well, notwithstanding they've lost uh, their first two games, they, they'll be in and around it, given the the budget they've had and uh, their ability to uh, bring good players to their clubs. So, uh, um, yeah, we'll have to be at our best. But uh, I sense uh, we're enjoying how we're playing at the moment. So, uh, as the games come around, uh, I sense there's a real anticipation to, to get back out there again. Gillingham 1, Accrington Stanley nil. Ashley Naderson's first league goal for Gillingham continued their winning start to the season with a victory over Accrington. Summer signing calmly slotted past Stanley goalkeeper Toby Savin in the 29th minute after converting Tom Nichols's pass. Savin kept Stanley in the game with an excellent reaction save to deny Robbie McKenzie six minutes later after the visitors failed to clear a Gillingham corner. Accrington's on loan striker Josh Andrews headed wide shortly after the break before Jack Nolan's curling free kick from 20 yards sailed inches past a post as the visitors chased an equaliser. Gillingham, who knocked championship side Southampton out of the Carabao Cup on Tuesday, came close to doubling their lead, when Naderson's poked effort was deflected wide by Seb Quirk. Substitute midfielder George Lapsley failed to hit the target from close range and Scott Malone almost scored a spectacular solar effort on his home league debut. But Neil Harris's side had already done enough to secure their first home victory over Accrington since March 2013. One that I personally enjoyed in person, Harrogate Town nil, Forest Green Rovers one. Forest Green enjoyed their first away league win since opening the day of last season, as second half Matty Stevens' goal secured victory at Harrogate. Stevens, who netted 27 times as Rovers won promotion in the 21-22 season, but only managed one goal last campaign, was credited with the final touch on the goal-bound effort by strike partner Tyrese Mote, even though I personally was convinced it was a Mote. His 46-minute header also sealed only a second win of any kind in 29 contests for the Gloucestershire outfit following their dismal relegation from League One. Earlier, Amote, who had been denied by home goalkeeper Mark Oxley after an intelligent through ball by Charlie McCann. 
At the other end, meanwhile, Sam Follerin's firm drive was kept out at the near post by Luke Daniels, who was incredibly impressive throughout the day. But the visitors forged ahead 55 seconds after the break when Omote raced on to McCann's ball through the right channel, and after cutting into his left, sent a shot goalwards that a stretching Stevens got a slight touch to from point-blank range. Daniels later safeguarded the points with a brilliant reflex save to deny Matty Daly from six yards. Mansfield Town 3, Morecambe nil. Lucas Aikens scored a brace as Mansfield recorded their first league win of the season with a comfortable victory over Morecambe. Aikens netted at the end of each half either side of Davis Keeler Dunn's goal as the hosts wrapped up three points in a game they controlled throughout. Things might have been different for Morecambe, however, had Tom Bloxham done better with numerous chances, including the first after seven minutes. MK Dons 1, Tramia Rovers 0, Mo Isa's first half edda hurt MK Dons' victory over a battling Tramia at Stadium MK. The striker made it two goals in two league games as the home side moved top of League 2 on goal difference. Tramia's second lead defeat of the season sees them drop to 23rd after losing 2-1 to Barrow last time out. Probably an extremely unexpected one now. Newport County 4, Doncaster Rovers 0. Newport County bounced back from their League 2 opening day defeat to breeze past windless Doncaster. The host led when Seb Palmer Holden muscled past Joe Alowu to score before Will Evans turned in Shane McLaughlin's parried shot, not something he ever did in a green and white shirt. Newport went further ahead when the ball ricocheted off the unfortunate Richard Wood for an own goal. Evans stuck, uh, struck again after being picked out by McLaughlin, although Tommy Rowe almost found a late Rovers consolation. Doncaster, although victorious in the Carabao Cup first round at Hull City, will now look to get off the mark in the league at home to Mansfield on Tuesday night, while Newport are away at Crewe. Notts County 3, Grimsby Town 2. Notts County twice came from behind to beat Grimsby Town at Meadow Lane for a first victory of the new campaign. The visitors took the lead in the 17th minute when Danny Rose took advantage of Aaron Neman's poor back pass. But Luke Williams' side, beaten 5-1 at Sutton last weekend, hauled themselves level as John Bostock was able to chest down inside the area before volleying the ball beyond Mariners goalkeeper Jake Eastwood. In first half stoppage time, Bostock almost doubled his tally, only for Harry Clifton to beat the offside trap and restore Grimsby's lead ahead of the break. Five minutes into the second half, Jody Jones's deflected cross looped over Eastwood to put County level for the second time of the afternoon. The comeback was complete just after the hour mark, with Jones this time turning provider to pick out Dan Crowley at the back post to head home. Grimsby almost drew level late on, but substitute Rakeel Pike was unable to guide his header beyond County keeper Aidan Stone. Salford 1, Crawley Town 1, Connor McElhenney's second half strike earned Salford a draw at home to Crawley. McElhenney's effort cancelled out Luke Garbutt's own goal just before the break, but Crawley were unfortunate not to come away with the win after hitting the woodwork four times. Swindon Town 2, Crew Alexander 2. Rio Adebisi scored a late equaliser as Crew Alexander came from two goals down to earn a draw at Swindon. Crewkeeper Harry Davis was at full stretch early on after Seydou Khan connected well with a volley from the edge of the area after a corner was half cleared. Odoka Godwin Malife opened his account for Swindon after 22 minutes when he managed to contort his body sorry, to flick home a diving header after Ben Ward had headed back into the middle. Jake Young took just two minutes to make his mark after coming on for his home debut at half-time as he cut inside and thundered the ball beyond Davis at his near post. Crew pulled a goal back after 61 minutes when Michael Williams' rasping drive flew into the bottom corner from 25 yards. And the visitors completed the fight back in the 85th minute as Ryan Cooney's deep cross found an unmarked Adebise at the back post and he headed beyond Murphy Mahoney. And finally, Walsall 2, Stockport County 1. Walsall held off late Stockport pressure for a win that leaves the last season's beaten playoff finalists without a point after two go- games. Sorry, Goals in each half from Danny Johnson and Aramide Ote earned the Saddlers a first victory of the season, despite Ryan Rydell's stoppage time header. Just enough time to quickly look through the table. Three teams have picked up two wins from two. They are MK Dons, Barrow and Gillingham. The playoffs consists of Mansfield, Salford, Crawley and Sutton United. At the wrong end, four teams are yet to pick up a win. Colchester United, Stockport County, Tramia Rovers and Doncaster Rovers. 
But with time running out, that brings us to the end of tonight's EFL review. I certainly hope you've enjoyed it. Plenty of excitement and plenty of goals for us to discuss. We'll be back this time next week to cover all the games that took place during midweek. Yes, we're back to normal uh, normal service. I seem to say this the last four episodes of Tuesday Night Games here in the EFL. Until then, have a lovely week. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye.